Well, that jury verdict didn't take long. The Debbie Collier case, could it be an accident? Where is 18-month-old Quentin Simon? Why does Barry Morphy want his property returned? Scott Peterson finally gets off death row. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. My name is Scott Reich. This is Crime Talk. Let's talk about it. Good day, aficionados. You heard what we have on the docket. Let's get to it. But before we do, you know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Hit that little bell for notifications. And remember, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps just simply by typing in Crime Talk with Scott Reich. All right, let's go ahead and open the docket for October 26, 2022. Well, that didn't take long, did it? No, it didn't. The 12-person jury in the Waukesha County uh, trial of Darnell Brooks convicted him of murdering six people at the parade, as well as a uh, litany of other charges, including recklessly endangering uh, the safety of others while using a dangerous weapon. He uh, bowed his head and buried his head in his hands as the first count was read before an unidentified person in the courtroom, presumed to be a family member of one of the victim's families, yelled out, I hope you burn in hell, you piece of blank. You can fill in the blank. The judge booted the man out of the courtroom, well, kind of like she did with Darnell Brooks, before continuing to read the verdicts on the 76 charges against Mr. Brooks. It took the jury a little over three hours to find Mr. Brooks guilty of all 76 charges, and as I noted, the um, six counts of first-degree murder of intentional homicide. He faces a mandatory life sentence on each of the homicide counts, and the judge scheduled a hearing for Monday to set a uh, sentencing date. Victims and their families are expected to uh, be able to make statements at that time. Now, the outcome of this trial was really never in doubt, but this is an example of why you do not represent yourself. I understand that Mr. Brooks was scared and probably terrified and didn't want to come to the realization that he was probably going to spend the rest of his life in prison. And just like, you know, cornered animals, they react, they do stupid things, and really it just makes it worse. However, in this particular case, Mr. Brooks turned this trial into a circus or attempted to. The judge did an excellent job in preventing that. She did I, really well under the circumstances. Mr. Brooks would have tested the patience of any judge. And by the time, well, we got not that far into the whole trial, he had little to no credibility with the jury, the public, or the judge. Now, I've mentioned uh, in one of our videos the 12 undeniable truths of life from a criminal defense attorney that sometimes the words, I'm sorry, can go a long way. And unfortunately, Mr. Brooks could never bring himself to even say that. And uh, sometimes that's what makes people forgive. Next on the docket, Georgia investigators are determining whether Debbie Collier may have taken her own life or maybe even died by an accident. Well, law enforcement services reportedly told uh, a news outlet that uh, no evidence has been found to link those closest to Debbie Collier to her death. Collier was found deceased last month, around an hour and a half away from her Athens, Georgia home, and she was near a secluded ravine clutching to a small tree branch 
um, and uh, charred on her abdomen area. Evidence at the scene suggests her death could have been accidental or a suicide, although investigators previously stated there was no indication that uh, Collier took her own life. Uh, in a statement, quote, at this time, there is no evidence to suggest or support that this incident was related to a kidnapping. According to the Habersham County Police, uh, like I said, as a, a statement that they released. Several items Collier purchased at the family dollar store shortly before her death were found at the scene, including a tarp, um, a lighter, and the tarp and the bag. So far, Collier's autopsy and toxicology results have not been released to the public. Suicide? Um, I'm not sure. Why would she drive up there? Why try to pull herself up? Um, she looked like she was getting ready to go to a football game, dressed up to have fun, not necessarily to harm herself. I don't know. Let me know what you think in the comments. As you may recall, it's kind of uh, some backup to this story. Collier's daughter, Amanda Bearden, contacted the police on September 10th after she reportedly received a Venmo payment from Collier for $2,385. A cryptic message was attached to the Venmo payment that read, quote, they're not going to let me go. Love you. There's a key in the house in the blue flower pot by the door, end quote. Now, Bearden, who reportedly waited several hours before contacting the police, said that Collier left everything at home aside from her ID card and debit card, which contradicts what's seen on the security footage at the family dollar store, the last known sighting of uh, Ms. Collier. Now, Collier's husband, a guy named Stephen, said during a 911 call that uh, Bearden told him she found her mother's purse at home. Said, quote, came home, my wife wasn't home, her driver's license still there, the rental car is gone, and her daughter's here. Stephen Collier, the first person to make the report, said on September 10th at 6 p.m., we're kind of worried about what's happening and where she's at. Could you send somebody over here? Police said at around 3.15 p.m. on September 10th, the Venmo payment was sent to Bearden, and security footage shows Collier walking into the Clayton, Georgia family dollar store on September 10th at around 2.55 p.m. She was seen carrying the large black purse uh, and vehicle keys while wearing the University of Georgia football jersey. And on September 11th, police tracked a rental vehicle Collier was using to a wooded area some 60 miles away from their home. Now, police searched the vehicle's vicinity and found her body and a burned blue tarp in a nearby ravine. She was naked, charred, and deceased, according to the police. So far, no arrests have been made, and no one has been named a suspect in the killing. Check back for updates. Uh, let me know what you think may have happened to Debbie Collier accident? Did she do something to harm herself? Or was it, you know, something nefarious? Let me know what you think. Next on the docket, where is 18-month-old Quentin Simon? Now, Chatham County authorities in Georgia have not yet revealed why they believe that they should blame Lonnie Simon, the mother, for the disappearance, or why local authorities and the FBI are scouring a local landfill for the 18 months old remains, and it remains unclear what happened to young Quentin. But police have asserted that she is the only suspect, even though she has not yet been charged. Lalani says that she is now being harassed by protesters as the investigation continues, with some even leaving signs like baby killer on a memorial set up outside for her son. Now, Lalani said she has no intention of running away, 
even as protesters continue to gather outside of her home in Savannah, Georgia. She said, quote, I'm here. I've been here every day since this. I'm not running and I'm not hiding. And if something does come up that I am at fault, I will take myself to the police station. Hmm. End of quote. Sure she will. Now, Lalani and her mother said that they are holding out hope that Quentin may still be alive. We want something great to come out of this, uh, the uh, grandmother said, but mostly we want him not to be found in that landfill. Now, when authorities first started scouring the Chatham County landfill for Quentin's remains, Lalani and her mother also Quentin's grandmother, were spotted at a beach bar in the nearby vacation town of Tybee Island. A photo of Lalani inside the bar uh, was uh, made available to everybody, and the mother and the daughter duo spent around three hours at the bar. They were seen inside and both sitting outside in a large group, uh, downing Patron shots and uh, pestering their server to have drinks with them. Eventually, someone tried to get them to leave, and they were really uncomfortable with them being there, according to uh, reports. Now, soon after the Chatham County Police contacted the bar to request the surveillance footage of the uh, three-hour drinking session, and after details of Lilani's outing at the bar emerged, the police department tweeted a photo of their landfill search for young Quinton, saying, quote, we're not ready to charge anyone yet. We still have work to do, end quote. Sounds like they're telling you, we're coming for you. The police also said that, yes, we do have work to do, and we're not going to do anything preemptively that would harm future prosecutions, according to the uh, police chief, Jeff Hadley. Now, Quinton's biological father, a guy by the name of Henry Moss, also goes by Bubba, and he revealed how Lalani tried to blame him for the boy's disappearance. Now, Bubba said he was uh, mowing his boss's lawn when police started questioning him about the disappearance of the child. They asked, did I have him? And when uh, was the last time I was seen in Savannah? He told them that uh, Lalani said that I came and got him overnight. Now, Bubba, who lives in Gerard, Georgia, which is about a rural town of 250 people, told police that he hadn't been anywhere near Savannah for at least a month, last visiting the area to install an air conditioner on Tybee Island. He swore, he told the police the truth, that he was home when uh, Quentin disappeared on October 5th and that he left for work at about 7.40 a.m. that morning. He said he presented alibis and that there was also uh, video footage from the next door gas station that proved he didn't leave his home overnight. He told police she's going to hurt that baby, as he recalls, and he said, I didn't know what was going on. Hell, I haven't heard from her in six to seven months, he said. Now, Bubba who has two daughters with another woman, said that he met Lilani at a swimming hole back in 2019. Lilani had her own child, Zane. They apparently started dating and she became pregnant with Quinton back in 2020, and she initially kept the pregnancy secret. Bubba said that uh, she didn't tell me until months later uh, that she was pregnant, and he said that he didn't have uh, any say in the matter whatsoever. Bubba did say that Lilani went to Alabama to give birth to Quentin in January of 2021, so Bubba's name wasn't even on the original birth certificate, and then she returned home. Now, Bubba said the um, tipping point of their relationship came back in February of 2021 after he was served with an arrest warrant for breaking into a trailer uh, home back in 2020, back in June. Lilani had already been arrested for the crime in the mobile home park and uh, where she was living with her mother. Lilani, however, blamed Bubba. Now, the grandmother of Quentin 
Simon, believes that the missing toddler perhaps, you know, accidentally drowned in a bathtub because her daughter and boyfriend were passed out on drugs. That's right. Billy Joe Howe, grandma, shared her theory uh, on the case and much more in a conversation uh, Saturday with the child's biological father, Bubba, once again. Her daughter, Lalani, has been named, obviously, as the main suspect in the disappearance, who vanished uh, back on October 5th. In an audio of an 11-minute phone call, Billy Joe can be heard saying, I feel, honestly and frankly, Bubba, I'm not going to lie to you, I feel like there was an accident. I feel like something happened while Quentin was in the bathtub and uh, he drowned. And maybe they were just too high. That's her theory. Hell, they should have just called the police if something like that happened. Grandma told Bubba, if you're high as hell, man, you do stupid stuff, said old Billy Joe. Let me know what you think. Now, most homicide cases, you know, it's much more easier to prove when you actually have a body. That's probably what the police are waiting for. Let me know if you have any theories on this particular case. Why does Barry Morphew want his property returned? There was a hearing for Barry Morphew that took place in Fremont County, Colorado uh, yesterday. And according to court documents, a motion to return property was filed back on May 26. Barry Morphew had, uh, had his criminal charges tied to the disappearance of uh, Susan, his wife, dismissed back on April 18th. And according to the motion, the prosecution has been in possession of Barry's property for more than two years, and there is no link whatsoever between the property to the location or circumstances of Mrs. Morphew's disappearance. Now, the judge ruled Tuesday that the evidence would not be returned and denied the motion. As you may recall, Suzanne Morphew uh, was reported missing on Mother's Day back in 2020 in the Salida, Colorado area, and to date, her body has not been found. Now, the gist of the motion filed by Barry's attorney states, we allege in the motion, the items should be returned to Barry as they are being unlawfully held for no legitimate purpose. As the law recognizes, Mr. Morphew is innocent. And in this country, we just don't hold people's property ad infinitum when no charges are pending. As you recall, Ms. Stanley, the 11th Judicial District Attorney, dismissed the, quote, nobody homicide, end quote, because she suddenly believed after two years that a body was important in pursuing the charges against Mr. Morphew. In April 2022, nine days before trial, Ms. Stanley represented they were about to get Suzanne, but they were stymied by the six feet of snow that covered the ground. Of course, this was a false promise and the prosecution's way to get out from under a trial that would have exonerated Mr. Morphew. In the district attorney's response, the prosecution believes that the seized items could be used as evidence in the future. And quote, the people have a claim to all property seized for use in future prosecution. And they further stated that no hearing need be held as the people are not looking to forfeit the property. To the contrary, we wish to hold it safe for future prosecution. It's an unsolved murder case and that property is not going anywhere. Had there been a trial and Mr. Morphew had been acquitted, Mr. Morphew would have a better chance of having the property returned to him. Makes you question a couple of things. What is so important that he wants back? And why does he want it back? Now, oftentimes, clients come to me and say, hey, Scott, they seized my phone. I want my phone back. And it's kind of like, why? Let it go. The phone is years old now. Let it go. Um, you've been charged with murder. The case was dismissed. Let it go. Unless 
there's something that, you know, maybe it could be inculpatory, you know, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Next, Scott Peterson officially moved off a of death row. That's right. Scott Peterson, the man convicted of murdering his wife, Lacey Peterson, and their unborn son, Connor Peterson, has been moved off death row. Now, Mr. Peterson, who just turned 50, was originally sentenced to death, but the Supreme Court of California ruled in 2020 that this punishment was unconstitutional because the trial court improperly dismissed potential jurors who simply voiced an opposition to capital punishment. Now, Judge Anne Christine Masulo still has to decide whether Mr. Peterson can get a retrial. The defense has argued that one of the trial jurors, in order to get on the panel, purposely omitted from the juror questionnaire that she was the victim of an alleged domestic violence incident. And you know how I feel about jurors that not being honest. I think Mr. Peterson will probably get a new trial, but we shall wait and see. And wouldn't that be tough for the prosecution to go forward on that case 25 years later on a redo? Now, before we go on to the next story, I want to talk to you about crimetalksearch.com. It is a dangerous world out there. There are unscrupulous people out there. What you need to do is be able to protect yourself. And how do you protect yourself? Well, with information. Information is power. Where do you find out this information about people? You go to crimetalksearch.com sign up for a subscription that you can cancel at any time. When you have that subscription, you can do a background search on as many people as you want. And what's gonna be in that background search? It's gonna have information regarding whether somebody has a criminal history, whether they've had to register as a sex offender. Do they have judgments pending against them? Are they divorced? Are they still married? All those types of things that maybe you wanna know about somebody before you get to know them better before maybe something bad would happen. So go to crimetalksearch.com, sign up for that background subscription service. You'll be happy you did. Well, we finally know how Alex Murdoch is going to pay for his criminal defense. That's right, apparently he is. So during a hearing in Lexington County yesterday afternoon, the judge approved an agreement between Murdoch's attorney and the lawyers appointed to manage his funds in connection with the high-profile wrongful death case in which Mr. Murdoch and several members of his family are named as defendants. Now, under the terms of the agreement, Mr. Murdoch is entitled to compensate lawyers and experts retained by the lawyers in his murder trial with the proceeds from his 401k retirement account, which he apparently is liquidating. The total value of the Murdoch 401k account comes to an estimated $1.7 million, according to attorney Amy L.B. Hill, one of the receivers appointed by the court to manage the finances. But after fees and taxes, approximately $900,000 was available for him. I know, isn't that shocking that they would take $800,000 in taxes and fees? Oh my God, that's, that should be a crime. Well, under the agreement reached between the attorneys and the receiver, the uh, alleged accused killer will retain two-thirds of that sum, $600,000 for the sole purpose of funding his criminal defense. This money will be immediately transferred to his counsel to hold in their trust accounts and to be used solely for legal expenses and costs associated with the 
defense of the criminal prosecution. Now, the funds retained by Mr. Murdoch are restricted to legal defense and not permitted to be used for living expenses or other indulgences, according to the agreement. And the no funds liquidated under this proposal would remain available to Murdoch for any other purpose at any time, both now and after his criminal prosecution. The remaining $300,000 would go to the receivers to hold and trust in anticipation of providing victims of Murdoch's alleged multi-layered, multi-faceted criminality with some modest restitution. Now, according to the receivers, the deal is a win for the victims because they would not have been entitled to receive any of the 401k funds had Mr. Murdoch uh, decided not to liquidate the account. Like I said, $800,000 in taxes and fees? That should be a crime. Jeez, don't don't cash out your 401ks, ladies and gentlemen, because they're going to take 50%. Next, finally, our dumb criminal of the day. And if you've learned nothing throughout the day, please take this free legal advice. It is worth its weight in gold. If you get upset, at a nearby construction work zone going at about 7 p.m., please do not take a shot at people as a way of trying to get your point across. That's right. Need I say any more? For perhaps some people that didn't get it, how about an example? According to the Polk County authorities, a Central Florida man took out his anger over nearby construction work by shooting into a vehicle over the weekend, earning him two attempted murder charges. 75-year-old, that's right, 75-year-old Richard Viteri shot into an occupied vehicle Saturday night. Thank goodness no one was hurt, but he did get two counts of attempted murder. Mr. Viteri also faces charges of shooting into an occupied vehicle and tampering with evidence. I'm telling you, it's worth its weight in gold, ladies and gentlemen. If you get frustrated, don't shoot at people in the car. Okay, it's not self-defense, no good excuse for it. You're gonna go to jail. And if you're convicted, you're probably gonna go to prison. Don't do it. All right, thanks for watching. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk.